Warning. This episode contains a brief mention of sexual assault and violence against women. Listener discretion is advised. Thanks, and enjoy the show. and people of all genders to the Ah! Real Films podcast, where we are bringing you a special episode today in our Liquor Layers series. My name is Taylor, the... Fuck. Oh, I forgot we had to come up with names. Uh, torture... (laughs) The the tortured... Something. Tarantula. Tarantula. There you go. There you go. And I am uh, Nick Cage's second biggest fan... Curtis, Curtis. and we have accompanying us today, Nick Cage's first biggest fan, Angel. Angel, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? What a wonderful title, yes. (laughs) My name's Angel, and I um, am unapologetically obsessed with Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And we we wanted to have Angel on our podcast uh, early in our podcasting life here because she did our wonderful art and we are so so grateful thank you thank you very much we love it and uh like many of us uh in this world on this planet she is a giant nick cage fan. (laughs) i mean who isn't honestly but she's uh, the biggest fan yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you want to talk a little bit about the movie that we're going to be talking about today yes yes of course so we're gonna be talking about vampire's kiss (laughs) uh a very good film released in the late 80s 1998 uh 1989 1988 1988 whatever wow wow this is a little bit more of a laid-back episode i just want to put that it's kind of before nick cage hit his like super big stride like he was like a star but he wasn't like a star yet and so it's an interesting part of his career where he's kind of like still feeling it out he's still a young buck he's still a handsome romantic lead uh he's very sexy in this film yeah very sexual (laughs) very attractive sexy maybe not but sexual no sexy like hundo percent he was like that late 80s like kind of yuppie vibe i'm feeling it i mean you saw his haircut yeah (laughs) i mean i saw about five or six different haircuts <laughs> in this film. <laughs> but so, anyway. What I love about this movie is that it's like, it's if you've seen any kind of Nick Cage meme, it's likely you've seen a shot or a scene or a sketch pulled from this film. Oh, yeah. Despite it not being discussed very much, it's got almost every crazy moment that he's ever done in it. And it's like a really good mixing pool of like all the different kinds of like batshit crazy that Nick mm-hmm. Cage can produce. So... Overall, yeah. it's just I, this is a spoiler, so sorry, but it's look, about a guy. We're a bold podcast. Okay, we look. One if of our things, doesn't want spoilers. Yeah, they can unsubscribe right now, yeah, but please don't right actually now. unsubscribe. Mash please that don't. unsubscribe. <laughs> no, please, no, don't listen to her, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly it's about a guy who thinks he's turning into a vampire, but he's not, and that is the entire premise of the mm-hmm. film: is that he's like a New York. Like, big wig business guy, lots of money, kind of a jerk, super misogynistic, 
he goes out with this hot chick, Jessica Beale, I think, and they she thinks that she's a vampire, she's not, and he just slowly goes crazy and like just does crazy shit and like buys fake teeth and pretends to be a vampire. And then, <sighs> yeah, it, it's great. <laughs> well, one thing I definitely want to discuss is I want to go through some of the memes in this film. This, <laughs> you know, the great, great memes that have emerged. Yeah, this film. I think we should but, go over memes, which are a visual medium on our audio podcast. Yeah, I I'll describe them in detail for people listening. <laughs> but first, I mean, before we do that, this is our liquor-related episode. I'm actually drinking beer yes, me right too. now, and so yeah. You so, guys Taylor. are players. <laughs> <laughs> it's strong beer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Taylor, what are you drinking right now? How about you? You think you're so much better than us? I am better than you. When Justin went to <laughs> Kentucky, he went to the Jim Beam Distillery and he got me a personalized bottle of bourbon, and that's what I'm drinking. Ooh, very bougie. It's uh, I very won't even bougie. Talk about. <laughs> I, I'll just hold. I'll just hold off on. We don't have to talk anyway. No, no, we should. We should. I'm better because... than you, and that's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Angel, you want to talk about the beers that you got for us? Hell yeah. yeah. Um, I got beers from my favorite local brewery, Ardwolf Brewing Company. Um, for me, I picked up Sarah Lovely. It's a dark sour. It's like raspberry, and it's super sour and super mm-hmm. strong, and it's delicious. And Curtis, I have. A rye whiskey barrel aged white Russian imperial milk stout brewed with <laughs> lactose, vanilla beans, and coffee. Oh, well, it's delicious and it has a hammer and sick. Well, it has a like spatula. A paddle. <laughs> something in sickle on it, but it's like, it is very delicious. It's like leftist, but make it fashion, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> leftist, but make it bougie beer. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, no, these are from. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Duval, Duval uh, County, Florida, yeah. <laughs> and uh, from Ardwolf. And anybody that's in Duval, I would highly suggest checking out Ardwolf. Yeah. Angel introduced me to this brewery, and I'm hooked yeah. now. But anyway, that is the reason why um, you know I am stringing along sentences right now. But maybe we should get back to the film. Yeah, so let's talk about the memes in the film. Oh, I mean, memes, please. Memes. Uh, so the my favorite meme in this film it i mean there's so many there are a lot. my favorite one and i think this is the classic one is where he's talking to his uh psychiatrist and getting very upset about um the filing of different files <laughs> oh, yeah. and explaining the order that files should go in which should be alphabetically and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he recites the whole alphabet i know a b c d e <laughs> He's, I won't go through the whole thing. At a certain but, uh, point, you think that he's going to, like, stop, but he doesn't. No. He goes all the way through. <laughs> he the entire thing. How could somebody misfile something? What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, U, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. And it's like, you know, he works at a literary agency, and so it's not really clear what his job is, no. but he's like in charge of like helping clients find literary files. I don't know. But the whole film, the whole like crux of his insanity is that he loses a file mm-hmm. that he's like always screaming at his receptionist about. 
And he's trying to explain to his psychiatrist why he's so upset. He's just like talking to her. He's like, how can anyone file anything wrong? The psychiatrist is like, I don't understand, Peter. What do you mean? He's like, it's super simple. And then like suddenly he's on the table hunched over and like screaming the alphabet in her face. And I love the exchange. Like the way that scene is shot is so great. Because it's like shot slowly, like slightly from below, like up at him. And it just switches back between him and her. And she's just like the most professional face ever <laughs> smiling completely like oh yes i understand very good you know your alphabet she, she literally says very good you know your alphabet <laughs> imagine uh, being that guy psychiatrist i mean wouldn't oh, make you want to quit your profession honestly yeah i kind of want to be his psychiatrist okay there's a scene in the movie that is completely unnecessary speaking of his psychiatrist where he's calling her at night and trying to talk to her and it's just her in her office or maybe her in her house i don't know but there's just, like, a three-second shot of, like, a really hot guy without a shirt on and a towel who, like, comes up and, like, kisses her and just leaves. Yeah, she's so a player. Like, yeah. She's a player. She's a cougar. And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> like, they just had to have the little bit of that, like, building on that character. I appreciate it. It's yeah. great. It's great character development it's on great. her part. It's amazing character development. It's very yeah. needed, too. Um, but you also pointed out to me, it became obvious, because it's been a while since I watched this film until tonight, but um, the picture and i'm sure we've all seen it and perhaps we'll post it to all of our social media accounts uh yes. but the picture where he makes like those bug eyes yes. <laughs> and uh i had totally forgotten that i thought for some reason i thought that had come from his film bad lieutenant but Mm-mm. came Don't from vampire's kiss, kiss. Oh, it's, and yeah. uh this is the scene actually it's actually quite sad where he's like kind of berating he's his uh yeah secretary and it's actually quite a sad scene but an incredible face that he is making yeah it's like you never really know what these directors were going for in this movie whether it was supposed to be a drama or a comedy or a horror film because like there are some really poignant moments where you watch him berate the secretary into the ground and you're like oh my god you feel really awful but he's just like he's essentially in that scene telling her how like like your job is horrible and i know it's horrible because i wouldn't give this job to anybody in the world but you and you have to do it or i'm gonna fire you and you're just like oh no such an asshole (laughs) just like it progressively gets more and more like cranes his neck back and gets more bug eyes and then it it changes the shot to her and changes back and he's like 80 times worse and that (laughs) shot where he's like 80 times worse is the one that you see in memes all the time the meme really great yeah this was this was the birth of nick cage as a meme lord because i mean this is certainly one of his earliest films i can't i mean it was it's one yeah it's one of his earliest films yeah classic Um, nick cage Yeah, Yeah. it is kind of sad, though, because that meme, as you said, like from that scene, I mean, that's such like an indicative part of the film, basically, because to me, the film is about how like Nick Cage's I don't remember Peter Lowe. That's his character. Peter Lowe's like fear of women, essentially, because that's what it comes across to me. Like he's insecure (laughs) and afraid of women and how that eventually kind of in his like delusional state eventually makes him think that a woman attacked him and turned him into a vampire and the whole film is basically just him berating women in like various stages and i think it's really telling at the end of the film he finds what who he thinks is the vampire and it turns out to like be an ex-girlfriend or something like some woman that he knows from like back in his past it's it's actually the chick that he slept with in the beginning it's the chick that was like the vampire the whole time yeah like 
some girl he had a fling with, essentially. He had, like, a yeah. one-night stand yeah. with, that's the girl that bit him, and she just left, like, you know, yeah. left in the morning. Well, which is, but, like, I mean, it's a normal thing to, like, kiss someone's neck or something, but well, for some I, reason yeah. it gets warped in his mind. And Taylor's got a great point. I've never thought of it that way, and I think that actually might be, like, totally correct, because if you remember... In the beginning, when he sleeps with her and she bites him or whatever, and they have their evening, he gets up in the morning and he does, he's like, da 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 and he makes tea, and then he gets back to bed, and he try, get, tries giving it to her, and she's gone. And mm-hmm. he's, like, shaking. And I think that's, like, the moment that he breaks where he realizes that, like, instead of him kicking the woman out, right. like, she just she left. Yeah. And so he's, like, that's, that's his point. emotional break, and then that's when he goes crazy. So, yeah. 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 Interesting. Like, he's only yeah. interested in women to the extent that, like, he can control them, and when they're, like, kind of out of his control, that's, like, what pushes him to the edge. Because then when his mm-hmm. secretary stays home from work that one day, he, like, goes and <laughs> oh, finds her. Like, he yeah. ca- he cannot, like, let her out of his control. That's, like, kind of his trigger for lack of a better word and i mean i think it's kind of cool because on the one hand you can read that as like oh this guy is like delusional and he thinks that he's a vampire but on the other hand it's just like oh no he's like kind of just a sick fuck who gets off it's interesting that he like views her as a vampire as opposed to like any other monster he views her as like vampiric because like maybe he's used to like doing these one night stands on women and leaving on them but when he when she does it yeah. all of a sudden it's like she's a vampire she, she like sucked, sucked me dry she yeah. has the power so you know we had a few we were talking a little bit during the film and we had a few um like thoughts about what the film is actually about obviously like mental illness is one of them i mean you know i think uh you know this is like clearly a delusion he's having and he de- deteriorates worse and worse but um we also talked about the workplace stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we hadn't thought the the point about women hating is like a really great one because that's not one of them the ones we were discussing. But the workplace stuff was really interesting because, you know, I would hope um, that workplaces like this still don't exist in the modern age. But it was really like an interesting commentary on like male female relationships relationships in the workplace at least at that time right so i mean we're coming to the end of the 80s so you know we the beginning 80s we see like women coming into business culture and like you know being secretaries and actually moving into like higher positions and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of misogyny there and they kind of had to play like buddy buddy i'm with the bros in order to move up there's a lot of commentary on that but this is an interesting film because like we still see that misogynistic, excuse me, culture, and we still see all of that, like, disrespect, but it's framed in a way in the movie where it's, you're supposed to feel like, God, this is disgusting. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to be like, haha, yeah, go exactly. bros, you're like, oh, this is shitty. And so, like, that's probably, it comes around at the time where, like, it was starting to turn. Yeah. And, like, people were starting to change their opinions on that. And so, I actually kind of like this movie for that for that reason. Well, <laughs> and I also think it's pretty significant that, like, one of the main women in his life is his psychiatrist, who's clearly, like, achieved a great level of career success. And I always thought it was interesting that he has a f- woman psychologist or psychiatrist, yeah. you know, who he turns to for, like, her opinion and her professional help. Um, besides the fact that a man like that, I guess I was surprised that he has a psychiatrist at all. You know, he kind of throws off that very like strong man vibe that you wouldn't think like would seek mental health, you know, treatment. But, um, I really thought their relationship was kind of interesting because he did seem to value her opinion and her feedback, even though he didn't really, uh, take it very often. (laughs) And you know, like, it's interesting because the very end of the movie, like the last conversation he has with the psychiatrist with which arguably did not, well, 
it did not happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's <laughs> was talking to a cement post in downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, drooling <laughs> a little bit or he's something. Drooling. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually my, one of my favorite scenes in the movie because they're so well acted on all ends. But yeah. um, to your point, the solution that the psychiatrist offers is a woman for him. Yeah. And he says, hey, I, I've got a girlfriend for you. And she loves all the same things that he does. And it's like, you're like, oh, yeah. no. Like, <laughs> It's yeah. not probably a good thing for him to be with someone who's too similar to him. Yeah, yeah. and it's so weird because he literally admits to, like, you know, like, sexually assaulting somebody in that scene. And, like, the girl just, like, shrugs and goes, like, oh, oh, no, no. And they're just like, what? <laughs> this is, like, the word he, like, world yeah. wants to live in, it's I a, It is the, yeah, because at that point he's fantasizing about, like, his ideal woman. And it's someone right. who's, like pretty much totally subservient but that also shares his interests you know Mm -hmm. um and that like he can confess all of his like gross wrongdoings to and who doesn't give a shit and of course that kind of woman you know doesn't exist so yeah (laughs) like re-watching this movie we actually we had a little bit of a dvd issue watching this movie so we might have missed about 15 to 20 minutes oh my god yeah we did miss quite a bit but i've seen it so much yeah Yeah, you guys um this is a side story, but I rented this movie on like Vivo or whatever, and it was only like ninety nine cents. I was like, "Oh, dope!" And so I watched it, but I only watched like half of it. And then the next night, I went to go rewatch it, but my uh, rental had expired. So then I spent an additional five dollars. So I spent six dollars watching uh, Vampire's Kiss. It's worth it. <laughs> it was though, right? definitely worth it. <laughs> it's worth it because what I was gonna say is that you know, in my brain, I think I mean the last time I watched this, it must have been at least five or six years ago and in my brain this is just a meme movie you know like mm-hmm. a movie but rewatching it again i mean it really is good and i really still don't know what i think about nick cage's acting like it's perfection. is it good it's perfection is it bad i don't is it so bad it's good like i i okay think, can we like he just went for it yeah. in this film can it's we crazy. discuss what i feel is the elephant in the room which is his bizarre accent in this film like uh, i would love to discuss <laughs> his, his accent that seems to change like 50 times okay. it's like peter least. baelish in game of thrones it's yes, like, <laughs> yes what is this accent <laughs> what i've read before and i'm looking at it on my screen here on the computer i want to check to make sure i remember imdb correctly. by the way our yes. favorite source imdb yes, I is our only research research source <laughs> <laughs> I had seen this like a long time ago and because I, I when I first or maybe the first or second or third or fifth or seventh time I watched it I was like this accent so crazy I'm gonna have to google this because it seems almost intentional and it from from what I read here it is intentional because Nicolas Cage apparently like, no one told him to do that accent the character was not written that way that's beautiful <laughs> Nicolas that is Cage beautiful. was just like Peter Lowe would be a snob because he works in a literary place and so he would have an like, an elegant like accent <laughs> and he would be inconsistent about it because he's a fraud and so they just they just let Nick Cage do what he wanted and so he just had you this accent you have to let the artist be an artist but, I think yeah it, he really is an artist, so he really is. You know, he made that accent more prominent in the scenes with the psychiatrist because yeah. he was trying to impress the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. That's consistent. Okay, with the film. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, okay. I, intentional. Yeah, you know, we were talking during the movie that I think Nick Cage, for some reason, Nick Cage gets a. Oh, that is my phone. Excuse me, folks. Uh, oh, for some popular. reason, <laughs> uh, for some reason, Nick Cage gets a lot of leeway in the film and films that he's in because we were talking that the joke he makes in Mandy, the classic. Erica Strata joke. Wait, can you tell it again? Tell, tell yes, it for tell right. us. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Erica Strata. Erica Strata who? 
Eric Estrada from Chips. <laughs> I don't know. It cracks me up. It's a pretty good Nick Cage impression. He totally ad-libbed that. And, you know, like... Why? He, I don't understand. I don't understand his sense of humor. I don't understand his choices. But for some reason, it all adds up for me. And all of these films, like Bad Lieutenant, uh, Con Air, all these films where he acts so strange. Like, even National Treasure, he says the strangest things in those films. And that's supposed to be, like, you know, a big budget, normal movie. movie. (laughs) I noticed that you didn't mention my favorite Nick Cage film, The Wicker Man. But he also Uh, makes a lot of strange decisions. How to get burned. How to get burned. (laughs) Straight up. But no, I think... You know, for some reason, I, I can't discern in my brain whether it's so bad it's good or if it's just genuinely good. Uh, I think it's good. I think, I think it's so, good. I mean, I, like here's and here's why I think it's good. I don't think we would still be talking about this film exactly. if it weren't no, for no, Nick exactly. Cage's performance. And like, no, sure, Nick Cage was born a front man. Yeah, like, yeah, like you don't see this guy playing like the sidekick. You don't see him mm-hmm. playing background characters. He is a leading man, and he can only be a leading man. And that's because of how hard he goes in every role. As long as there's a paycheck attached to that thing, he's going to go for it. Yeah. So, yeah, well, especially with his tax issues, yeah. he definitely needs a substantial paycheck yeah. each time. Well, what I was going to say about, like, Nick Cage's performance in this, too, that I, like, appreciate about him. I feel like actors, as, like, a profession, there's, like, a type of thing that you're supposed to achieve, which is just, like, realizing the role and, like, trying to go with the director's vision and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like Nick Cage always takes, like, such a strong point of view, and I appreciate that about him. You know what I mean? Like, I think his roles and his parts are interesting because of that. And sometimes they fall flat, but then other times, like, in a film like Mandy, for instance, I'm thinking, like, it really kind of heightens the whole film because he has, like, such a strong opinion and such a strong way that he thinks that role should go, you know? And I really love that about I, him. I think we we talked about this with Mandy, and I think the films that meet him in the middle end up being really successful. Yeah. Like, films like Vampire's Kiss or Mandy or I think Mom and Dad, Con Air. Like, there's a few films that really stand out that he's in that I think, like, just are, like okay, we're working with Nick Cage. Um, like, we made a choice to work with We made right, a choice yeah. to work with Nick Cage. Like, like National Treasure, <laughs> I mean, that is a normal, like, big-budget movie. I'm not sure why they ca- – I mean, I'm glad they did, but, like, I'm not really sure why they cast Nick Cage in that role. I'm very happy for him. But, like, that is not necessarily a film that comes to yeah. mind when you're thinking, like, I'm going to put Nick Cage in one of my films. Uh, but, like – when a film meets him in the middle and is like really designed for him, like Vampire's Kiss, I mean, it ends up a classic. Well, and, so. and we discussed in our last episode about Nightmare on Elm Street, where we uh, I told you that Nick Cage had been considered for the part of Glenn. I think that would have also Unreal. been a disaster. That would have been, yeah, yeah that would have been. I, like, I don't get Johnny that. De- Johnny Depp being in that role is already kind of skirting, yeah. skirting the edge a little bit. But that was before Johnny Depp was Johnny Depp. That was, so. was pre-problematic Johnny Depp. And I think he did. Yeah. I feel like Nick Cage would have made that role a little bit bigger than it needed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like Nancy. Well, like you said, star. like you said, Angel, he's not, he's not a sidekick. No, he's, he's not a, a sidekick. Main, he's a main character. He would have, like, he would have fallen asleep while nancy was having a dream and then when he woke up he would have just trashed the room in his agony over like (laughs) sheer emotion i can't believe i fell asleep (laughs) 
Um, well, is there anything else you want to say about Vampire's Kiss? I, we have a few factoids. I oh, I want to go into. I know. Please yes. give me some give me some trivia. So I pulled up the the trivia page just to make sure I'm up to date, and there's some new things that I have learned that I didn't know oh, before. But yes. I want to cover the stuff that I knew from a long time ago. Um, to speak to his acting, I think that Nicolas Cage. I mean, we all know and love him for his undying dedication to the role, just as you spoke yeah. to. <laughs> Taylor, and I think with that we should talk about the cockroach scene in this movie. So um, in this scene, he eats a cockroach live. It is not faked. He legit picks it up and oh. eats it. <sighs> yeah, so there's there are two things I love about that scene. Um, the, where he eats a cockroach completely, like, off the table, live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just two things I love about it. One, he was not asked to do that scene. He demanded to do so. It was not scripted. <laughs> he thought it would be a great addition to the film. Two, he shot that scene, and I don't see the facts here, but I remember reading this a while ago. He shot that scene at least three different times. Ooh. So he, he did it once, and they're like, all right, cool. Got it. Done. And he's like, no, it wasn't good enough. Again, I wanted to eat another live cockroach. And they're like, okay, man. And they let him shoot that scene three times. Ew. What I'm reading here, which is new to me, and is the most Nicolas Cage thing I've ever read, is that he got calls from animal rights activists about it. <laughs> cockroach live and he's like well have you never used raid on an insect yeah. i'm allowed to eat cockroaches <laughs> you've never used bugs oh that is so gross though <sighs> so gross but he is a method actor, listen okay? he is exactly. capital c committed okay <laughs> exactly listen, i'm not impressed until i hear that he ate that pigeon Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if, he, if we ever found out that he ate the pigeon, yeah, I would, that's then true. I'm impressed. When he caught that's... the pigeon, I was like very nervous. I don't know why. I thought that. I mean, I knew he was going to eat it, but for some reason, I thought like, is Nick Cage about to fight this pigeon? Like, <laughs> Look, I know it's 30 years later, but I, I know that pigeon's long dead by now. But I was still scared for the. Yeah. Pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I My... need to see Nick Cage bite into a live pigeon. <laughs> Jeez. My favorite thing that we're looking at this IMDb trivia screen right now. My favorite thing I'm reading right now, which you just brought up to me, is in a in a 2018 GQ interview, Cage stated that this is his favorite movie he had made. Oh, that I believe it I because it. I read. There I you go. I, I read a fact before we started recording that because the movie didn't gross that much. Um, he only made $40,000, which he used to buy a car, which he still has to this day. And he calls it his vampire's kiss car. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I know, it's nice. I want to see a picture of him with yeah. it. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, it's cool. Like he, I mean, I like that he like has affection for this movie because like, to me, that makes it like more fun. Like he's like, oh, you might think it's crazy, but I had a lot of fun making it. I'm proud of it. You know? Yeah. I'm proud of Nick Cage. Angel, I don't know if you know this, but Nick Cage listens to our podcast. Nick Cage, I know you're listening. We've established. Yeah. Hey, Nick Nicholas. (laughs) I know you're listening. You should be proud of this film. It's very good. Sure. It really establishes his style. I mean, you know, we would see him pretty much act like a maniac in every single film he's been in since then. And, you know, um, Angel, you have not seen Mandy yet. I'm not. I would highly suggest. I would highly, highly suggest watching Mandy. Has told me to watch that because everyone who knows me knows I love it. I just have not got to you, it. And there is a scene in that film that is very reminiscent of his style of acting in Vampire's Ooh. Kiss, but it works so well yeah. within the context of cage the film. Rage, and yeah. yeah, quote unquote cage rage. He actually, Nick. Nick, hey. I know you're listening. I'm, I'm, we apologize for calling it cage rage. We're doing it with quotes. He actually got very angry in an interview of people making fun of him for his, his cage rage and Mandy because Mandy's like a more serious film, but it really works 
in the context of the film, it's it works a very so well, emotionally I... um, charged film, and I think that mm-hmm. what people don't give Nick Cage enough credit for is I think he does well in emotionally charged films. I think you saw that, mm-hmm. like in Mom and Dad. That movie doesn't work if you don't think that the parents actually care about their kids. And, like, he does kind of establish that connection with his kids. I think he's really good in that type of role. And, oh. yeah, Mandy's a good example of that. Well, you want to talk about a little bit about Mom and Dad? Yeah, Here's I do. the latest film that you've seen of Nicolas Cage. I do. Yeah. I really do. Nick, we do. loved Mom and Dad. Great role for you, we buddy. Did. It was such a, so good. You know, <laughs> in, in retrospect, we did our top 10 a few weeks ago for 2018. I kind of regret leaving Mom and Dad off. Um, I mean, because... yeah, it was good. I think my thing about it was it, for me, took a little bit to ramp up to the craziness for the premise yeah. yeah yeah and then when you got to the craziness it was like full throttle yeah no breaks. Yeah. yeah no yeah you know for those who don't know mom and dad came out last year 2018 starring the the incomparable nicholas cage but also selma blair yeah. in the role as the eponymous mom yeah uh whereas nick cage plays the dad yeah. basically you know I'll, i can go over it real quick basically it's a, a film about like parents who get a disease that make them want to kill their kids I mean, is that pretty much? That's I feel like that's a role it. made in heaven for Nick Cage. By the way, yeah, absolutely. I feel like they wrote that film and they were like, "Absolutely, Nick Cage will be playing the dad." I think they that this is one. Of, there's sometimes you watch a film that has Nick Cage in it, and you think they made this film with Nick oh, Cage yeah. in mind. Like they they would if they don't get Nick because, Cage for this film, they're, this film's not because be made. Mom and Dad has like my two favorite Nick Cage polls, which is batshit insane and like creepily calm. Like those are kind of yeah, what he bounces be- between in this film and he does it really well. I even thought, and and this is what I thought when I watched Mandy, I had never seen him as kind of like a romantic lead, like able to carry kind of like uh you know, personal connection with someone on screen. I thought he and Selma Blair had like good chemistry together too. And I thought the same of him and I forget the actress's name in, in Mandy. Um, and I liked that about mom and dad, too. Oh, yeah. It's like you believed yeah. them as, like, parents who were kind of, like, over it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you the 90s saw Nicolas Cage in a lot of romantic roles. Like, what is it, Leaving Las Vegas, I think? Oh, yeah, he was in some, like, romantic comedies. They, yeah. He's been in a, in, in a surprising amount of romantic leads where you're like, well, I mean, he, The only reason, I mean, he's a very handsome guy, and the only reason you have, like, a certain connotation with him is because he's been in so many crazy roles. But I think, like... If you were a more traditional actor, I could see oh, him yeah. have, you know, being like a almost a Matthew McConaughey yeah. type. I mean, he's a sexy, sexy man. He's very hot. In well, okay, he's a lumberjack. Okay, thank for you, God's Taylor. <laughs> he's a lumberjack. Yeah, he's a lumberjack in Mandy. I think you'll change your mind when you watch Mandy. He's very good looking in Mandy. He has a <laughs> okay. whole vibe. He has a whole vibe going on. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'll report back. I'll report yeah. my moisture please, levels. Yeah. Yeah, please report your moisture <laughs> levels. Uh, send us an email. We'll, we'll read it on air. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Mom and Dad is... So Mandy, it really does meet Nick Cage at the in the middle. And we're talking a lot about this film because it's his latest film. And both Taylor and I loved it so much. But um, that's his latest film. It really does meet him in the middle. But if you want like classic, like Nicolas Cage, like just goes yeah. nuts, uh, literally destroys everything on screen, literally. most scenes... It's mom and dad. Yeah, it is. And um, one great Nicolas Cage scene that I love in this film is when he takes all of his time to carefully build 
his man cave (laughs) and specifically a pool table and then one comment by his wife all of a sudden he is destroying this pool table what's furniture nick cage what is the song that he's singing while he's destroying it i can't remember oh he was singing i totally forget what this uh, you know I this can't is remember. this is the only drawback of these episodes is that we really don't do any prep and we're drunk. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't really recall what song he's. The hokey pokey. He is singing the hokey pokey. He's singing the hokey pokey. You do the hokey pokey. Uh, but reason? I don't. I, I, have, I, I don't I have think not so. Looked this up. I cannot verify this, but I am a hundred percent certain that that was his own personal addition to sing. The yeah, he probably added oh, it. He must have added it. I would that. put money on that. <laughs> but the reason I love that part so much is that it's the the scenes of him building it take so long, and then like within a split second, he has has this thing destroyed. Well, I so. remember like in the movie, I was like, why are they spending so long on him show like showing him do that? Like, why is this significant so to me? Do I care about him? building this and as soon as he started destroying it i was like ah. <laughs> I yeah they just wanted to get him to destroy it that's all we got nick cage in this film let's get him to destroy something, well give him something to but punch. i mean taylor you watched this film for the first time uh recently right yeah, i did i mean what'd you think of it i mean i, mean, I really yeah. thought the premise was very interesting i do think it was an odd choice to center the movie primarily on the daughter i felt like i wanted a little bit more i mean i did want a little bit more nick cage in the film to be honest with you because i just yeah but when he and selma blair kind of turn so selma blair's turn to me was emotionally impactful because you see her trying to like save her sister's new baby and and so you know that she's like a good person and all this kind of stuff and then she turns on her kids and you're like oh shit I didn't feel the same kind of way about like nick cage's turn and then i also felt that the son was kind of like a throw-in i thought it was kind of like a little bit weird um but i did really like like my favorite part of the film was definitely probably like the last third when you kind of like the struggle between the kids and the parents and then i thought the ending was like really cool honestly because i actually don't remember how it ends someone remind me so at the very this is a spoiler alert obviously for mom and dad Uh, which is a recent film please unsubscribe if you Mash don't want spoilers, that unsubscribe all right? button. No, please don't. God, we're desperate for fans. <laughs> no, we need you. <laughs> um, so at the very end, the kids have like kind of tied them up in the basement or, you know, something like that. And, the, you know, the kids are like, why are you doing this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And the parents are both like, we love you so much. Like, you have no idea how much we love you. And then, but then Selma Blair says something like, but sometimes you guys get on our fucking and then it like cuts out. Like, so it's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like a very extreme, extreme, extreme example of the fact that like, obviously, you know, your parents love you, but you also know that you probably get on their fucking nerves all the time. Yeah. Um. So I just thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was like kind of like a very allegorical embodiment of like the very real anger our parents probably feel towards us all of the time for making stupid decisions and stuff you know so (laughs) yeah after they take the care to like raise us and try to make us into good humans and then we just go out and do something really fucking stupid you know we just like take a dump all over it (laughs) like throw a peace sign and go up into our room yeah (laughs) thanks mom fuck you dad (laughs) Yeah. yeah for real let me. I the, I know next year Nick Cage is coming out, um, or there's going to be a film featuring Nick Cage, another horror film, a Lovecraftian horror film featuring Nick Cage. I can't recall the name of it off the top of my head. I don't know if it's Angels. been named yet, even. I believe it oh, has. Okay. Um, Color Out of Space. Yeah, so, and, you know, obviously last year we had Mandy and Mom and Dad, and 
I can't recall. I mean, unless you count Ghost Rider as a horror film, I think <laughs> Vampire's Kiss is really the f- only film that can even be loosely considered a the horror Wicker film. Man. The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man's a straight Look, up horror. The film. Wicker no. Man. Come on. Stop. Come on. How did it get burned? You know, Why I, does everyone I, ignore Nick Cage Wicker Man? Quite possibly one of the finest horror films ever created. <laughs> and nobody I mean, will watch that movie with me either. <laughs> I, will. I will. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah. Let's. We'll. We'll. We'll, ha- we'll do round two after we watch The Wicker Man. <laughs> But um, I'm glad to see, I think Nick Cage is pretty uniquely suited for horror mm. films because a lot of horror films feature characters that have like these over the top 100%. and larger than life qualities. Yeah. So I think he's perfectly suited. And I think an H.P. Lovecraft film, I oh, am yeah. like dying to see what, what that ends up I, like. I yeah. personally can't wait to see all of the ad-libbing he would do in such a film. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be Eric Estrada from <laughs> Chips, but like times a hundred, you know. Hey, Cthulhu. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, before we end, any final words on Nick Cage? I mean, thank you. God bless you, Nick Cage. You know thank how, you. like, I'm never one of those people that's, like, when a celebrity dies, I'm like, R.I.P. Like, I don't really, I mean, I don't know that person. So, I mean, I feel sad because, like, someone died, but I don't, like, necessarily, like, feel an emotional connection. I know for a fact when Nick Cage dies, I will be in mourning for, like, at least a full year wearing black every day. Love Nick Cage so much. R.I.P. Uh, I'm going to give you a little uh, preliminary R.I.P. Nick yeah, Cage. I know you're listening. Yes, I will be sad when you die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think to end my sentiments on Nick Cage on the story. There was one night I was walking around Jacksonville. I just moved here. I didn't know where I was. So I can't even say where I was. I was walking around and there was like this wall with little holes in it. Like just, you know, decorative. And I was walking taking a film. Me and my friends. I look over one of those holes has a face in it. And I zoomed in with my camera, and that face was Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and that feeling I had just looking at this printout of Nicolas Cage staring at me at like two in the morning, that's how I feel every time I watch one of his movies. Just mis- mystery, I'm mystified, <laughs> I'm just completely taken. I love every Nicolas Cage movie. I mean, my least favorite one is Snake Eyes, and even then, I'm still delighted to watch him on I don't that. even know if I've ever heard of Snake Eyes before. Oh, it's so. horrible. It means nothing. I don't get it. I mean, someone explained it to me, but... Nicholas Cage is still on screen, so I'm delighted. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a beautiful sentence. Curtis, last last um, words on Nick Cage. I mean, I just there's no one out there like him, and he's a completely a totally unique actor. I just you know appreciate every film he's in, and now that he's made a turn for horror films, I couldn't be happier. Oh, I, I mean, it's a I think it's a perfect marriage of actor and genre. So can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for the H.P. Lovecraft adapt- adaptation. So. Let me just plug our H.P. Lovecraft episode oh, yeah. that came out very recently. <laughs> <laughs> so, episode 11. The, episode 11. Yeah, the episode 11. So um, before we go, Angel, do you have anything you want to plug? Any plugs you want to make? Um, I mean, there's some stuff I'm working on that I can't quite talk about Ooh, just yet, but you very should watch slash play them when I'm done. Zam. But uh, for now, you can just like follow me on Twitter. I shit post a lot. Uh, it's What's at, your oh. at Explosion? That's A N G Explosion. Super easy. Um, I can't promise good content, but I can promise consistent. Content. <laughs> Folks, there's great content on that Twitter. Okay, you definitely should follow. Yeah, false. <laughs> um, and if you want to follow our real films, we are A H H Real Films on Instagram and A H H R E E L Films on Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't get that handle quite fast enough. But... Oopsie. <laughs> um, and you can also give us an email at ahhreal films at gmail.com. 
We um, have been loving some of the emails that our friends have been sending. Our friends who have not been sending us emails, you're dead to us. So that's... And I promised him I would say this again, but thank you so much, Colin, for emailing um, us that one time. Colin actually emailed us I know us you again. can hear... Colin actually... Like, Colin emailed us again? Like, Colin, like... Colin? Yeah, Colin? yeah, Colin, Colin Dugger, your, your husband, Dugger, your husband, Colin. Colin. <laughs> oh yeah, in case we haven't mentioned Colin, Angel's I've husband. Heard of this man. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. He was our first emailer, and also the husband of our current guest. I know, it really yeah, but... And he says the title of the email was just Cam, and then it says WTF happened in Cam? Was it supposed to be a demon or a program or a ghost? And I love this. I was disappointed it wasn't the sweaty dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we watched that just last. Oh, okay. oh really? Yeah. yeah, that we, yeah oh, I, so he just sent this email like right now. Yeah, we just not watched wonderful. that last night. I have a lot of opinions about that film, but I'll leave that for later. No, leave it like, for. Send an, an yeah, send it an email. email. Send an email, yeah, and then you can email. Email. watch Mandy. You can send us an email about Cam, about Mandy, and we'll read it on, yeah. air. on on that. I say on air, but really it's, it's the podcast. But, you know, <laughs> on whatever. live on air, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we got that email in there. That's good. That's yeah, good. it makes me but, feel. Um, I mean, as we've said before, Curtis and I are just like desperate for attention. So any email you send us, I'm a Leo, we, yeah. So, you know, and I'm a Cancer, okay. so I'm like very like I need emotional attention, or I'll just like wither away and die. So. <laughs> well, well, podcast is a great way to go. Oh yeah, hundred oh, percent. That's why we have a podcast. Yeah. 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 But um, anyway, yeah, no, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you again, Angel, for being on. And for, again, she did our amazing artwork that we are so, so happy yes. with. So thank you very much. We um, really appreciate but, it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, just uh, listen to us next time. We'll have a new episode uh, a week from now. I believe it'll be episode lucky number 13, right? 13, 13. Yes, lucky number so 13. spooky. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So um, we'll see you guys then. Thank you. Uh, bye-bye, folks. Uh... <laughs> Dab. <laughs> <laughs>